Greetings, greetings, everyone. Welcome to the 96th episode, season two of the Chief Yuya podcast. All right. In this session, uh, we're going to be continuing on with our line of thought, dealing with our, you know, we've really been talking about the qualities of a man, qualities of a woman. And uh, we're going to be exploring Proverbs 31. I know the most, one of the most talked about <laughs> um, passages of scripture and Proverbs when people start to speak about the quality of who and what they are as a as a wife or as a man or you know things like that so we're going to dig into that i know you're definitely going to enjoy and we're going to break this up in parts because similar to the jezebel i'm going to i'm going to give you a good amount i'm going to give you a good amount i think you're really going to like it and i'm going to make sure that i'm feeding you digestible bites you know um so also i know that we had a great film that we got to share with each other last time you know um just another girl on the irt if you had an opportunity to watch it i hope i I will that you did you know um again like i said it's one of the movies i really loved a lot uh because it just it tells so many stories at once in terms of really parenting the job of a parent you know how we prepare our children for what's going to happen next and and really our value system. You know, what do we really hold in, in, a, in high esteem or higher esteem that may not be as special as we think? You know, sometimes the things that really get us in trouble. All right. So I'm not going to speak too much because I we got kind of a, even our, our broke it up. It's going to feel like it's a short segment, but um, I covered a lot. So what we're going to do, I'm going to give you your movie that we're going to be covering this strong, you know, as a community. Uh, those of us in our new and those of you out of our new feel free to watch it i think you'll enjoy it but the name of the movie is captain fantastic captain fantastic came out in 2016 i believe 2016 and this movie i loved like it covered so many different points of how i live and how i strive to live but also some of the detriments of a man not properly preparing his family for a certain kind of lifestyle. And, you know, the movie is about a father. He's got six children and he's essentially, he's raising them off the grid, you know, and, um, mainly off the grid for the most part. They're in Washington states and they live in a, in a, up in the woods in a cabin. And, um, they have these survivalist skills, but they also have this socialist, sort of under uh, sort of understanding and um they you know they look at the world outside of what their father or their parents really have created for them as maybe not the the most healthy and they may not even have the the most healthiest concept of um the world outside of them and um their father's you know he's an anti-capitalist if, if you will and his wife leslie has transitioned and it's just it's just a very interesting movie, you know, in terms of um, what they go through and what she went through. You know, she had been diagnosed as she was bipolar and um, there were some challenges that she went through. And um, you get to see what happens when they interact with the quote unquote outer world, even though they're relatives. <laughs> and it's funny. It's just some funny scenes in there. But. Um, that's what we're going to be digging into. Captain Fantastic. 5.35 p.m. is when we hit play. 5.35 p.m. Eastern. All right. For all my new people. Okay. 
Now, let's get into the proverb, and then we're going to get into proverbs. Okay, so our proverb, or our proverb for this session is as such. Ani li dodi, bidodi li. I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. All right, so we're going to get right into it. Proverbs 31. And, you know, the reason I, I chose to pursue this um, this line of thought, because it's, it's almost kind of a, a good sequence, you know, coming from Titus, coming from Proverbs. And then, of course, coming from our Jezebel story, when you read um, Proverbs, it's really a book that's written for young people, for the most part. Um, you know, it's really kind of setting you up or giving you that, that putting you up on that game. You know, this is what you may encounter in life. This is what you want to look out for. But, you know, prior to um, Proverbs, Proverbs 31, we hear a lot about what's wrong hear a lot about um, some of the problems where when a person doesn't want to be corrected or you know uh, what happens when someone is being wicked you know one of my, my favorite um, verses is Proverbs 28 and 1 the wicked flee when no man pursueth but the righteous are as bold as a lion you know I found so many different situations in my life where I found that to be true and important you know um, sometimes we use a term like um, uh, throwing a stone and then hiding behind a tree <laughs> you know and that's that's a similar thing there you know no one's even paying attention to you you throw a stone and then you go run and hide because the wicked always flee when no one is pursuing you know so uh, when we get to 31 you know of course we have this King Lemuel, which uh, we don't necessarily know about a lot about King Lemuel, excuse me, but we do know that he's being put up on certain information by his mother, you know, and she's really guiding him, you know, as a beautiful woman. And I say beautiful in the sense of um, doing the job that a mother would do and setting or attempting to set a proper pattern within her son's mind you know and in his actions right so when we look at the comparison you know I know we have this new fiasco that came out with uh, Kiki Palmer and her boyfriend you know I don't usually only talk about current events but I'm just gonna throw it in there and so many are saying oh you know he's jealous and he's just and he's that because we live in such a sick country or, or a sick society where a man cannot tell his woman how he he wants her to present herself so she can have a, have a child with him and then literally get on stage and be serenaded by another man with her entire behind out for public viewing and nothing is supposed to be said and I've heard you know, I've read so many different posts and heard so many posts where he's being called abusive and she needs to leave and run now. You know, single people always want to keep you single. So they'll always give you guidance to 
get you single. Yeah, I know that's the child of your father, but you need to leave. He's abusive because he said, but you're a mother, though, and a post. Yes, it could have been done differently. Absolutely. But who knows if it wasn't? Who knows he, he hadn't? Who knows uh, if she showed him the outfit before she left? And he said, that's inappropriate. I don't like it. And she did it anyway. And he had to make his issue known publicly. Who knows? Right. Young people are still trying to figure these things out. But nonetheless, she's definitely playing the role of the harlot. And um, as in so many things in the society, that's what supported the destruction of real womanhood. Real womanhood is under attack. And people will also often kind of claim this sort of false, sick image of these toxic females. And that's protected above all. You know, so... Even when you look today, you know, you look at the images of what a powerful woman is. You typically see someone in a business suit and they, you know, they have the tablet in their hand or their brief briefcase or their expensive bag. And they're walking through a crowded street in some metropolis, you know, some some metropolis or she's doing aerobics and stretching far. And she has her tights on and you can see her whole body or she's half naked in a skinny bathing suit. But she's an older woman and. Look at how beautiful her body is. And, you know, you think about some of the images that you saw in the past of strong womanhood. And you maybe see a woman cooking dinner for her family or uh, holding a child, you know, rocking a child to sleep or having children sitting around her excited because she was reading them stories or whatever. But, you know, there's a there's a new idea and image. Well, not really new as we've read, you know, because it's Jezebel. It's old. That's being exalted. And this is the new super, the new superwoman, if you will. And what's important about that superwoman is that she works, she has a career and she demands equal pay, whether she can fulfill the job as equal as her male counterpart. She will never submit to any man. She refuses to absolutely submit. Everything has to be equal with that man. She demands equality, not not, you know, equity, but I want equality with that man. She might even have a couple of of affairs because that's OK. You know, it's OK for mama to have a life, too, you know, to have a little fun here and there. And um, she feeds her her family or her children. If she does, they get cold bowls of cereal, you know, or her power shake. You know, she throws a couple of uh, fruits and vegetables into a blender, blends it up, hands that off to the children. You know, um, she's okay with giving the children uh, TV. Well, I don't even know if they call them TV dinners anymore. Frozen dinners or we're going to DoorDash or we're going to Uber Eats. And what do you guys feel like eating? Let's Uber eat. You know, eats. All of that is perfectly acceptable. You know, she'll... um. She'll have a couple of, of affairs and um, she'll have a couple of divorces. <laughs> it's all good. You know, she has her own bank account. She's um, she's not going to let anything stand in the way of what she wants to do, of what brings her bliss, what brings her happiness or what allows her to get the bag. And I'll clarify because sometimes people listen to these messages, these podcasts and sessions 10 years later. So right now people say, get, get the bag, go for the bag. The bag is money. It's wealth. 
you know, so she she has her own money, her own bank account, and no one is going to get in the way or even threaten her personal agenda. You know, so she'll hire people to clean her home, to cook her meals if need be. She eats out a lot. Her children are always eating out. The family's always eating out, you know, and um, she expects her husband, her man, to do an equal share of work in the house, whether that be baby babysitting or cooking or cleaning, even if they divorce. She wants him to watch the children. Well, it's your, it's your turn with the children, you know, um, or we split it down the middle, you know, because now you should equally do what I do. You know, oftentimes um, she's focused on keeping up with the latest trends and, and fashion and things like that. And, um, her children go to daycare, right? So they're warehoused inside of daycare and she is determined to get her attention. So she's still stuck in that sort of uh, grade school cycle of wanting and getting attention. Um, her children all have different devices to keep them separated from each other and to keep them separated from her, you know, so they, go on a, on a, a ride and, a, and a, you know, a car ride. They have devices to keep them occupied. They have earbuds in, and, um, she lets, she just leaves them to the brainwashing and the immorality of society. Whatever's pumped into their buds through media. She's not, she's not worried about it. Right. Even though she's opinionated, she's got a lot of opinions and she likes to be heard. She needs to be heard. And she needs her goals to be fulfilled. Right. Sounds like your modern day woman. And she's celebrated <laughs> in the society that w that we exist in currently. She's a she's applauded and she's celebrated. But when we look at Proverbs 31, the Most High Yah tells us not necessarily what makes a good woman, but what makes a good mother. What makes a good wife, you know, and there's a reason why this scripture comes up often. And, and I know I hear it a lot, you know, from like Christian women, I'm a Proverbs 31 woman. And there'll be everything that I just described, but for some reason, <laughs> they'll say there's still a Proverbs 31 woman, even though there is no Proverbs 31 woman, there's a Proverbs 31 mother and wife. I'm a Proverbs 31 woman, you see. And the Most High has given us an idea of what it looks like when a woman is ideal, when she's the model of what should be. And like, you know, within Proverbs, you have these statements and these um, sort of gems of wisdom that you're given. And like I said, prior to that, you're taught all the things or shown all the things that a person shouldn't be or a woman or a man should not look for in a woman. These are all the things that would be a problem. And now we're told this is what you want, though. You don't want the adulteress. You don't want the woman who is just all about flattery. You know, you don't want the woman who allows herself to be seduced by someone else and abandons her covenant with her with her husband. You know, it speaks about how the adulteress, her lips that they, they drip honey. You know, she has a smooth tongue. But what is happening is that she's a huntress. 
you know, and she's hunting for the life of her victim. That's all that's about. You know, she's on the hunt, as we call it, like a man-eater. And there's the loud woman. There's the boisterous woman. There's the haughty woman. There's the um, noisy, because they're all noisy in one way or another, right? There's the woman who no one wants to live with. You know, as there's a proverb that says that there's a, a man would prefer to live on a corner of a roof in a tiny little hovel than in a big house with a boisterous, loud woman. There's a foolish woman. You know, there's that woman that always wants to fight. She's quarrelsome. There's the one who's always rebellious. You know, and, and what's happened is that these are all, all these women are described in Proverbs. And then they're held against the reference of Proverbs 31. All right, you got to let me lay out all of what you're going to meet in the world. You know, this this is all that you're going to encounter. And then let me lay out to you what you want. <laughs> you know, what's really going to work for you. You know, now you can find these things out through wisdom. And in order to gain wisdom, we have to be humble. Or, like many people, you could find out the hard way. You know, and and... The thing about it, which I think is so important, especially for women listening, you know, this is not just, oh, don't be this woman. It's not just that. It's also don't associate with this woman. If your mother was this woman, you have to get away from that model. If your sister was this woman, if your aunt was this woman, if your grandmother was this woman, right? So we look at a, at a woman who seeks for nothing but extreme influence all over her husband and her family, similar to what we experienced with in the Jezebel story. when We learned about Ahab and, and, and Jezebel and the wickedness, the wickedness of them both. He was a king, but he didn't move as a king, you know, and the design of the Elohim is for the man to be at the head of the family. The design of the Elohim is for the man to be at the head of the family. The design of the Elohim is for the man to be at the head of the family. In case you didn't hear me clearly the first time. So that means the man provides. That means he protects. That means he leads. See, those are responsibilities that he's going to hold that he's going to hold for his true and real family. You see. Not just not just anyone who comes along before his actual rib. So like we saw with Ahab and Jezebel, Ahab was the man of the house, quote unquote. He was a king. He was a leader. But he was completely ruled over and shaped by his wife, Jezebel. Whereas the wife is supposed to play a role in the, in the life of her husband, a role in the life of her husband and in the life of her children. So when we begin to kind of be able to recognize the noisy woman, the adulterous woman, the boisterous woman, essentially the woman who even agitates her husband to do evil, we get to see now this contrast, right? This contrast of this excellent woman or this virtuous woman or this capable woman. 
So, you know, when we start this off, Proverbs 31, the words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. So we already start off with, okay, we got a, we got a good Hebrew woman here. And I saw, I'm, I know you're hearing all of these alerts go off. I didn't get a chance to turn that. Let me try to mute some of them. And all my devices <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Um, so as soon as we start off, we see the, the behavior or, you know, this woman, this mother playing her role, you know. And because he was in a royal position, he was going to take a a rulership role. And she had to let him know, listen, there's some things you have to be aware of because um, you can do some things or, or behave in a certain way that will bring total destruction to yourself and to this kingdom. You see? So when she says, what, my son? She's at, she's, it's a question, and what? The son of my womb? And what? The son of my vows? She spoke about three different, three different identities for her son. My son, the son of my womb, and the son of my vows. Well, who did she make that vow to? You see? One of the first things she says in the third verse, Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to which destroyeth kings. You know, give not thy strength. What is thy strength? Your sexual creative potential. Don't be careful where you lay your seed. See, don't engage in certain things that will cause you to be destroyed. When she says, or those things that destroy kings, what is the type of things that destroy kings? Fornication. What is fornication? Sex? No. Sex before marriage? No, because sex is marriage. Fornication is when you're performing a sexual, an illicit sexual act. You're doing something illicit, having sex with your your sister or your cousin or your auntie or your mother or your daughter, you know, or your niece or some, you know, something like that, um, which these things do happen, unfortunately. And uh, that's that's your fornication, not to mention rubbing up against something <laughs> that, you know, maybe should be your, your comrade and not necessarily your lover. So do not, you know, do these things that destroy Kings. Verse four, she says, it's not, it is not for Kings. O Lemuel. It is not for Kings to drink wine, <laughs> nor for princes, strong drink. You see, because she knows that these things cloud your judgment. You can't rule when you are someone who likes to drink, someone who likes to smoke, someone who likes to eat edibles. You know, you have all these different ways to to try to create the shortcut around doing the proper spiritual work. I want to get high. Of course, who doesn't want to get high? We all want to get high. Yeah, come on. We all we all want to spiritize. Flesh longs for spirit. Spirit longs for flesh. But we have to do it in a way where even when we're spiritizing, we're not losing our conscious judgment. 
when she speaks at verse eight, open thy mouth for the dumb and the cause of all such things as are appointed to destruction. So important. She's saying, speak for those who don't have the ability to speak for themselves. Speak for the people who you would consider to be the, the, the downtrodden, the underserved, you see, those who are oppressed, those who can't defend themselves, who can't advocate for themselves, those who are, who are insignificant to the larger social structure or too small to notice for the larger social structure, structure who have no means of, of self efficacy, self advocacy, excuse me, or any self defense, take up their cause, you know, advocate and warrior, be a warrior for those who are unfortunate in verse nine. And I'm just going right through it. Step by step, open thy mouth, judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So important saying people who are afflicted, this is this is powerful because she starts off. She's saying, all right, don't drink. Stay away from sexual immorality. Take care of people who are hurting, who need help. Defend those who are unable to defend themselves. Stand up for those who are, you know, being bullied, being oppressed, being targeted, who are the, the victims of injustice. Provide for those who are needy and need. You know, be just in all your dealings with everyone. She's she's locking out this model of a proper king. She's locking out a model of a good man. You see. And this is she's she's speaking on his responsibilities from verse 10 all the way to basically up to. 31, you see, from 10 to 31, really, see, then she says, find a good wife, (laughs) find a good wife, right? So speaking about, you know, those things that are, that are important, you know, then she gets into, when well, I'm sorry, she, from the first verse to first to verse nine, I meant to say from 10 to 31, she gets into the, into the wife speech. But after she's saying, get yourself together, don't drink. You see, be honest in your dealings. Look out for people, reach, reach for people who need help. Advocate for people. Now, once you've got those things together, you're a solid guy. You're a stand up guy. Now you go find your wife. You see, so she started off her lesson to her son with, you know, don't give your strength to women. Because you got to be a stand up man first before you allow yourself to be derailed by the things you'd want to go after. So now that if we look at the verses before you understand what a quarrelsome self-interested, narcissistic, wicked Jezebel is. Someone who's loud and haughty and boisterous. You get all of that now. You see. And just like the mother knows, I'm going to put you up on game and I'm going to sit down and teach you things. 
she already knows that if I've raised you correctly, you have developed a sensitivity to maybe even a woman giving you some some information, giving you some wisdom. She is wisdom. So I know that the woman that you choose is going to have an influence over your life. She's going to have an influence over your life the same way I have an influence over your life. So now let me make sure you pick the right one who will help to influence your character. You see, the mother is showing in her own actions and teaching this, this moral and, and spiritual and even physical you know, uh, doctrine to her son. She's teaching. This is, this is what it's going to be. This is what it should be. So she begins by saying, you know, that this kind of woman that I'm describing, this perfect sort of woman is priceless. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. You see, then she begins to describe her in different dimensions. And in every way that she describes her, every form that she describes her or describes the character of this capable and virtuous wife and mother, she describes this ideal woman by looking at different features, her character, her ability to devote herself to the home, her generosity to her sisters and her brothers. It says her neighbors, but there's, there's also a science to that as well. Her ability to teach her 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 path or her her steadfastness in 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 virtue or in righteousness you see and how effective she is as a mother you see so as we're going from 10 to 31 it gets it gets really interesting as as she starts to describe these things because each verse if you look at it, if you, well, you have to read it in the right language, <laughs> but each verse begins with a sequence in the Hebrew and the Hebrew alphabet. So from verse 10 to 31 in, um, in uh, Proverbs 31, see, we talk about this and I'm forgetting what we had. <laughs> There's a there's an unfolding there of the actual sequencing of the alphabet, which is the sequencing of creating a person or, or more so creating a God person. You see. As there's 22 characters in that alphabet. You see. It gets interesting. It gets very interesting. So. We start with our Aleph and then our Bet and our Gimel, and we keep going. And the first letter of each of the Proverbs and each verse is the next letter in a sequence because that was a way, you know, and and in those times, you know, we're talking about oral tradition, not to say that people couldn't write back then, they wrote, but you know, you're carrying an oral tradition, you need a way to memorize what is being said to you. You know, so for some of us today, like we memorize things through songs or we have different mnemonics that we help, you know, we use to help us to kind of store certain information. But this was a memorization tool. You see, so the this mother was making sure 
I'm going to give you this and I'm going to make sure you do not forget what I'm saying is so critical. I need this to be locked into your mind. This criteria of what makes a virtuous or a perfecting woman. You see. And of course, if if you're not if you're reading it in English, then you wouldn't necessarily realize what's being put in front of you. You wouldn't necessarily see it. You see. So the reality is that um we can flip some of this too. I don't want you to to think as you're listening to it, this whole going forward is just about like how do I find a good woman because there's plenty of women saying, well, how do I find a good man? And I agree with you. You know, I've spoken about that before. And, and the men in I knew, they know, yeah, I think he's much rougher on us than he is on you guys. It's just, you know, you don't get to witness everything. <laughs> you know, people have said that before. Man, you get down on the women. I, I I baby them so much you wouldn't even realize <laughs> Everyone gets the truth with the men. I mean, the men get profanity. <laughs> they get it different me, you know. But the women, you know, it's so important to understand as you're you're out and you're you're saying, man, I want a good husband. I want a good man. I hear that so often. I want a good man. I want a good man. And I, I get it. Like I've said so often, I think I look for men with more intensity than women do. Because I'm I'm always looking for men to join forces with. You know, let's build together, man. Let's establish this kingdom, man. Restore our our cosmic right. So we can be prepared when our parents come back. You know, but it's as rare as rubies. <laughs> like a virtuous woman. But one thing I would say to a lot of women who are in that position. You may spend a lot of time looking for a good man, but if you spent that same amount of time or more in being a good wife, you'd be surprised what would what would be opened up to you. You see, everybody wants a man. He's husband material. He's husband material. Are you wife material? You see, if you put that same effort into being a wife, as you put into looking for a good man. Oh, you would do so much better. See, but a lot of times when we're selecting a man or a woman that we want to be with, we look for looks. We want to see how educated are they? How much money do they make? What have they accomplished in life? You know, what is their style like, their swag like, you know, their personality? Are they funny or this or that or interesting? But we don't look at like um, their character, their virtue. The things that actually matter, <laughs> you know, the things that actually matter. But when we speak about the virtuous or the capable woman, she has a value that's above rubies. You see and I mean, we say rubies, and but, you know, the word actually translates into any sort of precious stone, you know. So sometimes when you read it, it will say pearls, depending on, like, your translation. It might say, hey, let me mute these. I know you guys are hearing all these bleeps in the background. Let me try to get that out of there. Um, sometimes you hear pearls, you hear jewels, 
I think jewels are good because it's it's a little bit more generic. But the but what's being said that is that she's extremely valuable, and she's very difficult to find. You see, so as soon as we jump into verse eleven, the heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so she shall have no need of spoil. As soon as we jump into that, now we start getting a description of who the heck this person is. <laughs> Who does she think she is, right? And, you know, it's important to understand, like, in in the world that we're speaking about in that time, you know, which we could call the older world or the the world of antiquity or the the ancient world, you know, um, many, many women, just like, you know, there was a time today, we're not seen for what they actually are or what they actually were. You know, so especially in certain societies, you know, men would establish relationships with concubine to express their the full vulnerability of their emotional and sexual needs. And they would build their friendships with other men and their wives were just primarily servants. Give me a son. You know, so there wasn't a whole lot of commitment to establishing intimacy with the wife, you see, because they had their concubines for their, for intimacy and the wives were somewhat, um, distant and they were kept distant like servants might've been kept distant. This was in some cultures, not in all cultures, you know? So when there's not a lot of devotion between the two, um, that will create and establish a trust. And we have certain, um, Issues where men would do things like, and this is documented, it's just now we're in history class, where men would store away their valuables so their wives couldn't take them. You know, <laughs> do, you, do any of you men do that who are listening? Do you hide things in the garage or in the trunk of your car? Do you have a safe that she doesn't have the combination to? You see, or do you, are you like, man, I, I trust my wife, man, everything, you know, I pull money out my pocket. When I come home, it sits on a dresser on the middle of the table. I'm not worried about anyone touching it. I don't have a lock on my phone. I, you know, I mean, my thing is different. Stay out of my phone. <laughs> so it's not, my trust is, I trust you know better than to go through my phone. Not, you can go through my phone. I'm not into that. Let me get your phone password for what? My phone password, <laughs> you know, I won't go through your phone. You never have to worry about that. I don't even bring people their phones. When women are like, oh, my phone's over there. You better get up and get it. <laughs> or like sometimes you would do that thing. Oh, your phone was ringing. Yeah. Uh-huh. You want me to get it for you? Leave my phone alone. So you can stare at all my notifications while you walking the phone over to me. <laughs> So trust has to be well founded because we all have to know that we're not going to harm each other. We're not looking to harm each other. We got to feel safe with each other. You see. So as a man, you need to be able to go to work and do what you need to do and not worry about what's happening at home and have absolute confidence, not just in your wife's or your, your your consort's discretion, but in her wisdom and her integrity. 
you know, so that if you leave assets and things at home, that they will be properly allocated, that she's going to take the best care of your interest. And she has to be woman. You have to be ultimately concerned with the comfort of the man that you're with. His comfort has to be what you're concerned. So, you know, you relieve his burdens when he's away. He's at ease because he knows that everything that he has is safe with you. He knows that you care about him. And he knows that. You'll never do anything. That would cause him any sort of suffering or pain or distress. You know, he's not suspicious about you in that way. I mean, not intentionally that you would do those things. He's not worried. He's not even jealous. Because you're absolutely trustworthy. That's a powerful combination for a warrior coupling, for a man and a woman coming together. When is that level? There's no games. It's that level of trust. You see, he does. He's not feeling that he has a lack. You know, he doesn't feel like now because she keeps losing everything that I established, I have to go out there in the world and take risk to try to replace what she took. He's not going to have to cheat on his job or embezzle funds to cover whatever losses that she's incurred. He's not tempted to do something that's unrighteous or underhanded in order to falsify some account somewhere so he can get back what she squandered. So if you notice what this implies is that she has a certain level of charge over the domestics. The accounting of the home. You see, that's an important part that sometimes we leave out. <laughs> I've seen guys do that before. Yeah, I want a woman who can cook, a woman who can clean. Well, what else she going to do? Go in the bedroom and do what I want. I'm the master. Okay, well, that's cool. I got you. I got you. What where is her domain? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Her domain. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where does she, where's her dominion? You know, and people will pull scriptures and things like that. A lot of times and they'll be wrong. Matter of fact, here, let me pull one. Let me get a precept here. Uh, I'm going to go to first Timothy. Five. It's 14. Let me read it first before I say it. Uh-huh. There we go. Um, first Timothy five fourteen. I will therefore that the younger woman marry, bear children. Here we go. Watch this. Guide the house. Give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproach reproachfully. Look at that. Guide the house. You see. That's important. That's important. You know, um, you look at the the Greek, that word house, oiko despates. 
Oikodes Pates, the house, you see. And to guide means to be the head of. Oh, wait a minute. I thought the man, yeah, the man was the head of the family. <laughs> gets it gets a little a little a little funny here now, huh? She is the ruler of the house. So a part of that management of her being the ruler of the house is there's resources that the husband, the master gives her, and she goes out and she earns with those resources. She provides. You know, same way he goes out and he earns and he provides while she takes the resources that he's given and multiplies those. She helps him to profit, not to lose. She doesn't become a financial liability. He has enough and he has, uh, I guess what we say, a storehouse because she's become devoted to caring for his earnings. She doesn't want to see money squandered. She wants to see it invested. You see. And why? Because she loves him. She cares about him. Fellas, you've probably had that feeling before. I know I have. There's nothing more attractive than a woman who wants to save me money. You know what I'm talking about. Have you ever you ever gone out to eat with a woman? <laughs> and she'll say something like, she'll look at the menu and be like, oh, this is expensive. This is, you know, you know what? Tell you what, let's just get appetizers and we can share those. And <laughs> what? You, you don't want me to spend the bag? That's not what you want? You know what we do with those. Come on now. You know, fellas, we marry them. When you see a woman who wants you to win, she doesn't want to win. When you're with a woman who wants to win, you're going to have a problem. That's or or a guy, but more so with a woman. When you're with a woman who wants to see you win, you're in a good place. She loves him. She cares about him. She seeks his good. That's what it is. See, when you look at, uh, let me, uh, I pulled up First Timothy. Let me go back to Proverbs 31. And I'm going to go to verse, uh, I think it's around 12. 12, there we go. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. You see? So that Hebrew mother, that Ima, is telling her, her son, Ben, you want a woman that's going to look out for your best interests in her heart, not just in her words. You know, sometimes females, they think that we're moved by words like they are. Men are moved by what they see. Visual. You can say all day, I love you. I love you. You're right. Show me. <laughs> that's a lot of times where it falls apart. But deep down in her heart, she cares about your best interests, whether you're at home or you're abroad. You see. She's always looking to build you up. She has a desire to make you every bit of the man that you can be in every area of your life. She's devoted to your well-being. And it doesn't matter if things are good. doesn't matter if things are bad. doesn't matter if you have a bunch of money in the bank. You, if you got a two-digit, <laughs> you work at a two-digit, well, we got about $70, you know, whether you got two digits in the bank, whether you're sad, you're going through something, whether you're happy, sounds like an Al Green song, you know, 
whether you're under the weather, you're sick, whether you're well, it doesn't matter. Her love is forever. It's devoted. And she's devoted to the success of her master. She's concerned about the highest spiritual good and those principles in herself and her family and her husband. She doesn't fluctuate. She doesn't vacillate. You know, she doesn't flip flop back and forth about any of that, but she's always looking for the most noblest aspects. of The man she's with. You see, remember when, uh, let's precept first Peter. It's in Peter, uh, first Peter three and, Yep, six. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Yeah, we are the children of Abraham and Sarah. You women, you're the, he's, he's saying, Peter was like, man, you're the daughters of Sarah. Sarah called Abraham Lord, Lord, I know sometimes when I say things like and Lord is curios in the Greek. I know when you hear me say things like um, master, it's like, well, I'm not calling him master. You know, curios means supreme or the supreme authority. It can also mean the controller. It can mean God. It can mean sir or master. Master, where you get mister from. That comes from Lord or, or Kyrios in the in the Greek, which was the word that was uh that was originally used there, right? So back to our proverbs, right? So his highest good is her greatest desire. And she has a loving sort of consciousness and awareness that She'll be the necessary voice of the most high, meaning, meaning that her voice will always be kind. She'll always be submissive to her purpose and her will or the will of the most high, but always submissive to that. She'll always be eager to, to, to do the things that keep her walking with the creator. And she doesn't have a problem confronting sin. She doesn't have a problem confronting the failure of her master, of her husband. You see? So with that, I'm going to break it because we're going to break this up in parts. We barely got into it. We're going to get into it. All right. But um, making it a point not to go too far over. <laughs> all right. Um, so I'm going to close out here. All right. This has been Proverbs 31. This is part one. Of our Proverbs 31 woman or more so wife and mother and house ruler breakdown. You see, it's going to it's going to it's going to get deeper. <laughs> Hold on. It's going to get a whole lot deeper because um, it's such a powerful piece of um, literature. This section of Proverbs really setting us up or setting men up to um, properly rule to be proper kings, to be proper people, and then to be proper husbands, to choose the proper wife. 
or to choose the proper ruler for his home, to choose the proper steward for his riches. In the same way, the Most High chooses the proper man. We're the chosen elect. Well, what are we supposed to do? Well, be a steward over his creation. You see, be a ruler over his tribes, over his nations, be a king of his nation. You see, see how it trickles down? It's interesting. But we're going to get more into that. All right. So uh, this has been our um, 96th episode, season two, the Chief Yuya podcast. And of course, as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with more. I'm going to, we're going to take it in very small chunks, you know, as you see, and start to just let some of these concepts soak in, in the, in the best sort of way. You know, the concept of a mother who isn't looking to tear down the masculinity in her son, but is looking to build that masculinity to make sure that he's a right ruling king. And that the woman that that brings in, she's not concerned about, oh, she's going to replace me. And I like making your lentil soup and I don't like the way she makes it or she puts salt in your heart chocolate. And I don't like how that tastes and just do it the way I was, you know. But she recognizes, no, just like he's going to separate from me and cleave to the flesh of his woman and become one. I already know the pattern that I've established. I've the imprint that I've left on him and the imprint that the mother leaves will be the imprint that that man will use to choose his mate. If you had a mother who was harlot, a harlot, you are always going to be attracted to harlots. I've seen that, you know, time and time again, men, you know, they always end up with these fast, loose women. And they just, they refuse to admit, I'll, I'll say it, man. What was your mother like? She was, man, my mother was a beautiful woman, man. She raised eight of us by herself. Eight children by herself, really. What about your father, though? I never knew my father. Hmm. Interesting. What age was your mother when she started having children? Uh, 15. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Then you wonder why you're picking harlots. And the same goes for the women. Don't think you escaped. <laughs> Come on back here. Your father leaves the, imp the imprint for you. And then your first lover, the man who, who breaks that hymen, he leaves your, your, your imprint pretty much for life. You see? Father was distant. You always choose distant lovers. Father was emotionally unavailable. You always choose lovers who are emotionally unavailable. You see, it gets so deep. It gets so deep. And there's ways sometimes that you even separate yourself from the sex act because you're still tied to your first imprint. So eventually what happens is Sex becomes separate than you, than you. You have your body and your spirit and your mind over here to the left and sex is over there to the right. So now sex just becomes this thing. Oh, I just have sex with guys. There's no emotions attached. I just like the feeling. I like the feeling. I'm just doing it for the feeling, but I don't want a relationship with him. It's just for the feeling. Wow. 
you become you've disassociated your production potential that much you're playing the harlot that's the harlot right there that's a harlot when you get that when you lay with that woman and she she's not even thinking about calling you the next day <laughs> she ain't even thinking about it and men, we've all experienced it. You ever laid with a woman who hasn't been with a lot of guys? Her sex is very important to her. She attaches her feelings to it. She calling you that night. <laughs> Did you get home okay? That next dawning. Even if your pinus was trash. With a woman with low bodies or the virgin, she don't care. Because she connects her emotion to it. She connects emotions to it. To the one who's been slinging that thing all over the place. It's just an act. We were just having fun. She separated the two. So this is, this is so important on both sides. So critical. From the man's perspective and the woman's perspective. Alright, and we're going to dive into this just like we dived or we dove into the Jezebel energy. We're going to really take a deep dive into this Proverbs 31 capable and virtuous individual. So you have a full understanding of what people maybe not are not talking about when they say I'm Proverbs 31 woman. Okay, well, Proverbs 31 woman is not boisterous. So you kind of just disqualified yourself right there. Right, but we'll, we'll get into it. All right. And again, look at the qualities that the man has to be before he even finds the wife. All right. So this has been again on 96 episode season two of the Chief Yuya podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, our re- retreat is coming up in about a month and a half from now. So we're, we're coming down to it and, uh, I look forward to seeing all of you there we're about to do some really beautiful things with this ministry man really beautiful things you know and the last retreat is when i introduced not introduced but built on the concept of the sky people you know and who the elohim really are the wicked ones and the good ones and ours you know and uh i'm gonna dig in a even more expansive way on some of that so you can really understand what's up there beyond the dome you see what's up beyond this dome that we live inside of you know it's not this it's not the story that some of you may have been holding on to for so long that really doesn't make much sense but you know we got into even yeah there are multiple gods come on that's the easy one elohim speak the language you already know that's plural word that part's easy. <laughs> that part's easy. Now, do, do they all have our best interests at heart? No. Not at all. Some of them would love to destroy the, the chosen ones. You see. But none of them can. <laughs> you know, you can choose to destroy yourself. So that would be so beautiful when we get to get back into that a little bit more. Get to see everybody and, and do what we do. You know, we got a lot of cool things planned. And in the works for the retreat. All right. But, but with that, this is Chief Yuya signing off. Uh, you can always follow me on my social media handles at Chief Yuya. Um, and if you want to send a question or anything for these segments, remember 
is questions at chiefyuya.com. Questions at chiefyuya.com. Questions or comments. I know I skipped it again this strong. I'm just, I'm come back to it, but I knew that I was going to go over a little bit with this. All right. With that, thank you so much. Be well, everybody. Peace.